Hello, and welcome to episode 34 of The Podding Shed, the podcast of the ChelseaFCblog.com. As the season draws to a close and Rafael Benitez's regression to the mean era comes to an end, tonight we consider recent games against Manchester United, Spurs and Aston Villa, and we look forward to our second consecutive European final against Benfica on Wednesday in Amsterdam. I suspect there is also a possibility that we will take a look back at the outstanding and goal-filled career of Super Frankie Lampard. Joining me to pick the bones out of Chelsea's recent endeavours are Mark25, who is Mark. Good evening. Dr. Blue Bio, who is Donal. Uh, good evening. Just let me fold away my plastic flag. From <laughs> well yes, done. I'm ready. Carry on. And Grocer Jack, who is Tony. And good evening from me. Excellent. Managed it in the end. Um... So I think um, probably the best place to kick off was uh, is United from last weekend, um, a game which was was pretty key. We've 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 had a reasonable record up there in uh, in recent years, um, and the game itself sort of a bit of a damp squib overall. United looked slightly on the beach um, for for much of it. Um, you do wonder, given events after that, whether anyone knew exactly what was going to happen next the week after um, but in the end one matter comes up trumps um, gets three extraordinarily valuable points and, um, and and sets us on course for um, for a top four finish um, who wants to kick off on the United game no, um, don't, don't rush did anyone go up there no no no, uh, no. No, I'm, like, I'm happy to kick it off. Carry on. Okay, it was as dull as ditch water. Mm. Okay, um, I think I've, I wrote something on the blog about it. So actually, but the, 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 in, a, in a good way, um, it was good to see us able to do that. Um, to, you know, able to play professional. I mean, they, they were. You know, I, I, I'm guessing that um, probably um, they had various reps from Thomas Cook, etc., in the, in the Manchester United dressing room at half time. Um, you know, helping them flick through the brochures, etc. But they were, in actual fact, you know, they may well have been a little bit. You can only beat who's in front of you. And I thought Chelsea I, I, went I'm not out. I sure fully appreciate the size of Premiership players' wage packets, Tony. They do not go via Thomas Cook. You don't think so? Is it more Coney? <laughs> is it more Coney now? Is it all? Well, I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but he, he, well, maybe Alex Ferguson. Then after he's a canny Scot, so I think you know every little helps. Um, I, I felt that we did a professional job. You can only play who's in front here. Yeah. Um, it would have been easy to go, and, and we were going to be damned if we did. I mean, if we if we'd lost to them, then everyone would have said, "Christ, you can't even beat a United team on the beach." Um, so we beat them. I thought it was a dull game, but it was good to see in a way that we could actually play a dull game, that we could kind of grind out a game, and that was a that was a mm. promising thing. We've not been particularly good at that this season, and um, we seem to have this up and at them kind of uh, attitude all the time which is fine but you know um, we'll come on to the Spurs game but I think we could have done with a little bit of that um, rather Mourinho-esque dull play the game out um, well, it's take, so take your chance when it comes kind of attitude it's also as much about um, our inability to close games out this season has been something of a concern um, and also in general it's, it's all those key things where you know if we, we choose to talk about United at some point, it's all those key things that, you know, Ferguson's always been very good at, and aside of Mourinho, we've we've struggled with it to a degree in recent years. Um, it's it's substitutions that change games. And and just the ability to close game games out, you know, you get a 1-0 or a 2-0 lead after sort of 75 minutes, 
just shut the damn game down. Um, and that's what we've really struggled with this season. It was very good from a point of view of um, the sort of, there was a certain satisfaction um, in that, as we found out later, Ferguson, that was Ferguson's last defeat as manager at Old Trafford mm. in the Premiership. And that was delivered by Chelsea, who, when one thinks back a few weeks, Ferguson's last defeat in the FA Cup was by... Chelsea. Indeed. And if one thinks back even further, his last defeat in the League Cup as a manager of Manchester United was delivered by... None other than Chelsea. And going even further back, <laughs> possibly... <laughs> Was his last defeat in an FA Cup final Chelsea. delivered by? Yes. Yeah, I think it was us actually, yeah, that's true. 2007 in another thriller. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was a, what a, what a marvellous game it was. And who is the, the only team in the history of the Premiership to finish with a winning uh, record against Sir Alex Ferguson? I presume it's us. I'd, I'd be interested to know exactly what certainly the individual is. records are. But, um, it yeah. certainly is. And, and just moving so, forward slightly, the um, the last defeat in the Championship uh, in the um, Champions League by a future Chelsea manager was <laughs> ah <laughs> yes, indeed. So, yeah, there obviously came a point where he realised that fucking Chelsea <laughs> that. You know, he'd obviously at some point hoped that when Ken Bates nearly ran the thing into the ground that we were just going to disappear. And now he's dawned <laughs> on him that Abramovich is still around. We're not going you know, away. And we're not going away. And so in the end, he thought, I've just got a canvas. And off he went. Yeah. I agree. I think that's it. Yeah. We've, we've and as someone else, some wag pointed out on the social media, we broke wag. Barcelona last year. <laughs> and, now we've, and now we've broken Ferguson. <laughs> I'm impressed that wags have that knowledge of football. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I'm using the term wag in the old, uh, the old-fashioned meaning of someone of a certain amount of wit, rather than uh, a wife and girlfriend, girlfriend type nonsense. I should point that out. But, yes. but, uh, so I think that's my contribution. Footballers, all footballers should have a wife and girlfriend. <laughs> I mean, one's just not satisfying. Is it? <laughs> Particularly when you have a large wage packet. Yeah. Or are you just pleased to see me? Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, the only other thing to come out of that game, I mean, Tony summed it up quite well. It was one of those things that you just had to do, was the, was the way they managed to spin um, Raphael's, you know, petulant yeah, whacking of, like, of what's-his-name up in the air. And he happens to be smiling at some, you know fat fool who's completely lost his bananas screaming at him from about two feet away. He, he was, decides to laugh at that. He was somehow responsible for it all. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. He, was apparently, um, he was apparently laughing at the fan who was, he was shouting yeah. something about Sideshow Bob at him. Yeah. Um, but it, it's, I think the notable thing was, was that uh, as suits every football fan when, um, when the time comes, and uh, the time is right to do so. But people forget the rules. Now, th there's absolutely nowhere in the rules that it says David Luiz has to be sort of lying dead on the floor for it to be a, a foul or a red card. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. You know, as, as If he jumped straight back up, if he jumped straight back up and run away, that was still a red card. If 
Exactly. If there'd been no contact and he'd gone down clutching his leg and laughing when Matey got sent off, yes, that would have been cheating. But he got kicked up in the air. He may he may have been in pain or not. He may have found it all hilarious. The fact was, was, there, was there contact though? Yeah, oh, yes, he kicked him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went straight through the back of him. Well, yeah. show me the bruise. I mean, I've, I've yet to see uh, the teeth marks in Ivanovich. <laughs> oh, <I'll, I'll> <laughs> <laughs> see, this is a nation that lives lives and breathes watching CSI and all those other things where they spend all the time cutting up bodies and having evidence in DNA and it's all so many bruises you know the world of real justice is sometimes messy and um, Raphael kicked him up in the air and had to go and that was you know and if Ramirez was laughing at that well shouldn't he be because the silly side had just got himself sent off for nothing well, we, we know we know that Raphael has only been at United for what two or three years. It's his third red card, so he's he's, he's not not unfamiliar with the process, shall we say? Um, so yeah, I think it, it, it was probably you know Ferguson's last chance to have a good old good old grumble about officialdom and um, and how the rules and um, and for it to be Howard Webb who had to deliver the coup de grace. You know, the whole day was just full of all these delicious, you know, comforting, delicious, delicious ironies. Yeah, scattered around. There was more iron around there than there was in a place full of iron. It was just <laughs> massive. So yeah. that ultimately stuck us a point ahead of um, of Arsenal and three ahead of Spurs. Um, and obviously, to be honest, is, is there really anything else to say about the United game? It was such a non-event of a game. The only, the only thing to add, I mean, Donald's already pointed out, which I didn't realise, that we, we have a winning record against Sir Alex. Mm. Um, but, you know, everyone was going on about the fact it was a weakened United team, but, but it wasn't a fluke. I mean, our yeah, record against United, particularly at Old Trafford, has been good. Been decent. Yeah. Um, Spurs winning there last um, October or whenever it was, was a fluke. Yeah. You know, they haven't done it before and they're unlikely to do it again. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> David Moyes is going to be in charge, but that's another. That's story. true. Um, so you know, it, it was a um, well-earned victory, regardless of who we were playing, mm. and yeah. very welcome three points. Yeah, I mean, it was still a decent Man United team. You know, I mean, that's the that's the way the cookie crumbles, if I can use a well-worn cliche from the biscuit world. That you know, <laughs> when it comes to the end of the season. These things happen, don't they? You sort of end, you end up with these games where you might be fortunate enough to play a team that's on the beach, or or not, as the case may be. And, and you know, we were facing the fact that it looked like Arsenal were going to have a couple of games against uh, you know teams who weren't who were either very poor or weren't any good. And that's why it was so important to get something from United, something from Spurs, and something from Villa, because we really couldn't be running into the last two games with. Um, with Arsenal playing a Wigan side who were either completely depressed because they got sh- shat on by City or were completely on the piss because oh, they'd won. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or overtly pissed, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's just that's the way it is. And as you say, it was a professional job to get up there. All done. Chelsea um, themselves don't look all that these days, do they, in terms of they look tired and, you know, men- mentally a bit fatigue so. fatigue yeah fatigue is, uh, is certainly playing a part in our season now there's no question about that can I um, just say that I'm very impressed with Donald's um, extensive knowledge of the biscuit industry um, and the fact well, that you know that's where that phrase came from I'm just about to ask whether he went to boarding school <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't <laughs> 
I went to the same school as Gary Breen and Joe Cole. Oh, I see. All right. Uh, so and Michael Gambon and Peter Sellers. So. Uh, Jesus Christ. The best so I he went to the Jewish free. He went to the Jewish free school <laughs> in, in Camden Town. Oh, uh, right. Um, on that, on that, we we should actually offer Wigan our congratulations for um, for their win over uh, Manchester City yesterday. I was there, and it was uh, it was a cracking afternoon. Really good game of football. And uh, was it? I watched it. it was a, for a cup final. You know, you can have so many dead, awful cup finals. It was a good game, wasn't yeah, it? it was, so, yeah. And um, and the, the boy McManaman. He looked. He looked on he, fire yesterday. Absolutely mustered. He, yeah. you know, proper wing play, beating your man. You know, chalk on the boots, crosses, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Absolutely superb. Most yeah. most enjoyable. Before we move on, because you wouldn't have seen, I, I don't think then the post match interview that ESPN did with Roberto Mancini, who looked utterly, utterly broken. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen any manager after any game look as depressed. Honestly, he looked like he was about to top himself. He could barely answer the questions. His eyes weren't even taking in contact with the camera, looking down at the ground. I tell you, the man's on the edge. If he was just getting, he'd, be, he'd be going in the broken box. He would be. He was I, I've never seen a manager like that after a game. But I remember seeing Avram Grant like that before most <laughs> 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 yeah. And on that note, uh, do you, I, you know you never you never know he may get um, he may get a crack at another another top job you know city job going mm, indeed apparently so yeah you know. we're going to one of the few teams who can actually win both trophies that are played for at Wembley as well aren't they because obviously Wigan play and have won I think on seven or eight occasions the rugby football challenge cup. Yes. I think there's only is Leeds perhaps the only other team to have done that. The only other city, place, town, conurbation, circumambient postal district. Yeah, maybe right. Actually, yeah, yeah. Good point. Huddersfield can, but have Huddersfield ever won the? I don't know. I think they might have won the Challenge Cup. But I don't know if they've ever won the I'm FA sure Cup. They've won the FA Cup, but um... Barrow might have. I don't know. Way back when, you're, you're, but, you know. you're beyond my. Um, you're beyond my knowledge, frankly. Yes. Um, That's what the psychiatrist said. <laughs> so, right. Um, That's Man United done then. It is yeah. indeed. Um, I'm. I hold on. Hold on. Just saying. There, there was a. There was a fact in here somewhere which was actually quite useful and, and smart. It wasn't the Roberto one, was it? No. Um, ah, yeah. What well, with the the, the yes. last three cups have been won by a manager called Roberto. Yes. That was one of them. But the other one, okay. the, the other one to be noted, um, the new Wembley, two cup finals, the, it was the 2008 Portsmouth-Cardiff, and yesterday were different from all of the others at the new Wembley. For what reason? <laughs> no, yeah. actually, no, it's not. Both teams wore blue as their main colours? Nope. I shall enlighten you. All of the other cup finals, uh, someone from the Ivory Coast has scored in. Crikey oh, O'Reilly. Blimey, I hear you say. Absolutely. Oh. Um, um. No, that was genuinely, and um, yeah, the, 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 the non-Chelsea one was um, Yaya Toure, who scored in the 1-0 win over Stoke. 
Alright. So oh, there you go. Yeah. Bit bit of bit of factual stuff there, you know. Indeed. Oh, um shall we move on to Spurs? Let's do that because yes. yeah. Mighty um, spuds of Tottingham. Yeah. Indeed. Um an atmosphere at Stamford Bridge. Who Good Lord. It was, it was, it was possible. Well, in, in comparison with, um, with with recent weeks, it was positively bouncing. They were singing and everything. It was, <laughs> it was, it was like the good old days. <laughs> it was well, it wasn't quite. Well, you mean lots of people wearing evening dress, coarse moustaches, <laughs> and ladies with bustles, and a man with a gavel. That's for the old. Oh no, I've got that one. I've got that got one. One for the teenagers yeah. there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, yeah, I'd like to say that um, uh, that game absolutely refreshed my mojo completely, fully. Because I've sat Scrap. there just le- just recently, and I've been a bit ho hum. You know, it's not been um, the most thrilling place to be. You know, the the, the whole thing about bad atmosphere which I've kind of always rejected, but the fact that there's been no atmosphere because yeah, people it's, have it's, fallen it's been, into a... It's a been cat- rather than... Yes, yeah, an apathy and people dinner party kind of atmosphere and, you know, everybody just waking for this sort of godforsaken season to be over and done with. And I, honestly, the blokes behind me must have thought, shit, we've sat in front of this Tourette's bloke, right? Because I kicked, headed, tackled, jumped, shouted, swore constantly through the game. Right, had my GP been there, I'm pretty sure he would have um, either got me um, committed, okay, or would have given me like a BA Baracus jab to knock me out. Um, such was the severe impact, I guess, to just about every living organ and my blood pressure that night. It can't be good for you because um, you know I, it was like a living hell, but I enjoyed it so I think so it's much. Generally noted that Chelsea is not good for you per se. <laughs> Yeah, I just thought I'd throw that in there. So it no, was, no, it, it was, was fantastic. It fun. was a cracking game, thoroughly enjoyable. No, you know, the result wasn't exactly ideal. And again, you know, it was, it was inability to close stuff out. Um, the the biggest concern, you know, start what we actually needed, just because there was a, you know, there was obviously a fair bit riding on the game. What it needed was a nice early goal, kick things off well, quiet Spurs down, which is exactly what we did. All went very nicely indeed. Um, but then Adibayor got the ball and, and sort of strolled in his, his kind of slightly disinterested way towards the goal. And we backed off and we backed off and we backed off a bit more. And then we thought about tackling and then we backed off some more. And oh, bugger, it's in the back of the net. Um, and it was also noticeable. I, I saw, I've seen less of kind of replays of the Benteke goal from uh, the Villa game yesterday. But it sort of seemed... Like we, we've just in those two games, we've just backed off and, and not, not kind of tackled the man with the ball is is the key thing, um, and that that kind of let them back in. I, and, I, 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 don't, I don't, I'm not sure I agree with that. I, th- I think with the, the Spurs goal, um, not one person in that ground thought he had the ability to do that, except him. Possibly, I'm not even sure he was convinced of it himself. Um, Certainly, you know, but 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 don't don't leave him there in acres of space. Well, well, uh, and, and I agree, but I think you know we were they were on the break. They did catch us with that um, that equaliser. We had been down the other end and uh, were having to retreat. It's always difficult when you've got people running you and, and your defenders are trying to run backwards and keep an eye on everything that's going on. Yesterday's goal for me, 
and I know we're going to get onto the Villa thing. Um, Cahill was trying to show Benteke. He got caught by the speed of Benteke. I think any defender would have done. Um, and Czech's goalkeeping was fucking terrible for that yesterday. Schoolboy goalkeeping. But on on that particular, we're talking about the Spurs game. Um, I just felt that we were because let's face it. I think everybody in in the stand I was in thought it, it had gone over. <laughs> I don't think any of us actually realised it had gone in. And there was there was a brief moment where it was kind of yeah. where that gone. Oh, in right, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, we'll, we'll come on to the Villa game, but I, I have to say, if if there is a Premiership defender who is surprised by Ben Tech's pace after this season, then frankly, he wants fucking shooting. Um, but we'll we'll come on to that, you know, as and when. Um, they were they were retreating so fast away from Adebayor. And Czech was coming out a bit. That at some point, Czech was going to be ahead of the four that were backing off. Surely one of them had to go towards them yeah, to close that, the ball down. That was. Yeah, that I, was I know that. I thought watching other things, other people have sort of. Match of the day last night, they were talking about Ben Tech and people. They're saying, "Oh, you know, when you run at, at the defence, you know, back four will always just drop off." But they're, they're dropping off because they're assuming that someone from the midfield is going to go and confront the ball. If the midfield aren't there, one of those four or three or whatever were there had to go towards Adebayor to at least force him to do something um, while the others, you know, dropped back to, to the edge of the box. And Czech, I'm not quite sure why, why Czech was standing quite so far out of his goal uh, at that point unless he was expecting Adebayor to put the ball behind the back four and someone to run onto it, I don't know. But it was a very strange goal. I mean, it was a well-taken goal. No, yeah, no, no. absolutely. No, no particular argument with, um, with how well he took it. It was, um, it was superbly done. Um, and and it, I think the, the, the problem is, I mean, there's, there's a degree of sort of, there's less confidence about Spurs at the bridge than there used to be. Um, Albeit they haven't beaten since, well, Christ, I think Ferguson. 23 years. Yeah. <laughs> last time Liverpool won the title. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I'm uh, just saying, last time Liverpool won the title. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. You don't want to talk about that. Um, Ramirez, a good goal, but I thought he was relatively poor on the night. I don't think he's had a particularly good game. I, I think everyone's looking slightly leggy and a bit tired and... and just in need of, frankly, a couple of weeks off. Um, and the more and more time went on, the, the more and more I thought, yeah, we're not going to close this out, they're going to get something, and, and lo and behold, they did. Um, it didn't actually really help, it, it certainly didn't help Spurs cause by any great stretch. Um, they needed the win, which they didn't get. We could have done with the win, but didn't get it. Um and yeah, kind of an enjoyable game. It, it was always, you know, it was always going to be fairly lively, and it's it's good to see a game like that at night under the lights. You know, it's um, it's, it's always a, a little bit different. Um, and Mark, do you have anything to throw in about um, the Spurs game? Um, not really. In addition to what you've already said, I mean, um, the atmosphere was great. I thought we played terrifically well for most of the game for about 75 minutes and the um, effort that the players were putting into it and trying to close people down and win the ball back was noticeable mm. um, you know even the three amigos were chasing everybody all over the park and getting the ball back and I, I said to some people sitting next to me you know if we could play every minute like those first 75 minutes why wouldn't we want to keep Benitez 
Obviously, I did that just to get a reaction. Um, <laughs> I suspect it, it, it managed to get. Of course, it. I did. But I mean, it is. A, it is. A, it is. You know, even though I, I say it to try and wind people up, there, there is an element of truth in that. Um, I mean, I thought for seventy-five minutes we were fantastic, but I enjoyed the evening, and I, I wasn't getting too stressed about it when I was going back in the train. Everybody was getting wound up about chucking three points away, blah blah. But I was saying, um, you know, Spurs desperately needed the win. We just didn't want to lose, and if you know a draw was fine for us. Yeah. And as it as it turns out, a week later, with the benefit of hindsight, I was absolutely right with my foresight. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, soothsayer. Well, I, I agree. I think Mark's made, made a good point now. I mean, I, I walked out the ground pretty furious at first. Um, by the time we'd gone through the hour and a half drive home, you know, slog back to to down the south here. Um, it kind of worked out that the the result was better than it felt mm. by by some by some way as well because we'd kept them at arm's length which is frankly on the night and let's face it going into Man United away Spurs at home four points from six I think most people would have took that yeah I was absolutely that that will do nicely um, <laughs> it should it, it should also be noted that um, the um, the, the, you know the earth-shattering performance that everyone expected Bale to put in really didn't materialise he was almost invisible for. Yeah, it was Adebayor who was the uh, Adebayor was a surprise, wasn't he? And he had a, he had a really good talking game. to to talking to fellow uh, family members who are Tottenham fans and friends who are Tottenham you fans. Almost they were just a surprise. <laughs> 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 we have what? <laughs> it almost sounded like I, I would uncovered you now. This yes, you said oh fellow, no, no, no. Yes, no, said. that was just just yeah. correct yourself. We have. I was going someone, to say someone breached our inner circle. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say fellow residents, but uh, because uh, my wife yeah. is a, but uh, then I thought fellow. Anyway, yeah, they seem to think that they seem to be equally as surprised that Adebayo turned up. And um, he, yeah, um, yeah he, he's one of those. Well, we, we were linked with him on the odd occasion way back when, and he's one. He, when, when he's good, he's very, very good, and when he is bad, he is really, really horrid, awful. You know, just disinterested. Yeah. Pro- Probably likely to, if if he's in the mood, he'll pick himself up a red card. Yeah. Just uh, lucky he did against Arsenal. Was it last season? Wasn't it when he was like someone that stuck a firework up his arse? Yeah, it just you just know, like a nut. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, 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 I can't remember. I think it was the, the tackle he put in on. Um, was it Van Persie? He tackled. Yeah, I think just, it was. But it was over yeah. the top lunatic yeah. idiot stuff. Um, and yeah, not not really the kind of guy you could be relying on, but. Um, but yeah, no. To be perfectly fair, he had a very good game. Um, and Mark's right. The, the, uh, particularly that that sort of fifteen twenty minutes at the beginning of the second half, Tottenham struggled to get out of their own half. They they really couldn't get the ball going anywhere. And it was basically that first part of that half was played in their half. Mm. And you know, like many others, I just as yeah, I, I, the chances went begging. You just knew that there was going to come a point where, you know, we'd have to take a breather and, um, you know, that Tottenham would get at least one or two chances and they really only got one or two and scored with one of them, which was disappointing because, you know, it was a bit of, just a bit of momentary inattention, slack defending and, and they had a goal. Whereas really, I think we could have probably held them out for the night with a bit more, yeah. a bit more determination, a bit more concentration, but... No, absolutely. There it goes. I think. I mean, yeah, it has to be said. I did my, my intro of it 
was, was sort of a little downbeat, but I, I just was disappointed because I thought we were much better than they were overall and should yeah. really have beaten them. Um, I think, but, yeah, well, it's, 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 it's details, isn't it? It is the missed chances thing again as well because the first half we were so dominant and, you know, when, when we met up and you walked down to reintroduce me to Peter Watts, you know, we, we was in that general yeah, yeah. agreement, weren't we, that we'd been so far superior. I think Matter had missed an absolute glorious chance which he pushed over the bar. and He didn't um, have the shooting boots on that night, did he? No, he, he didn't. Missed, and, and, he missed two, I think. Yeah, and I think at that point we would have gone 2-0 up, which is obviously a bit of a dangerous scoreline for us anyway, but it, I think that may have been enough to just dent... Tottenham to the point. It's interesting someone said about the fact that Bale never really materialised as a, a major force on the night. And I seem to think, seem to remember, we, we, we had, we've had this with top players. We've done it with Messi. Mm. Okay. Um, we've done it with uh, Ronaldo. He was, he, he's never had a good performance against us ever, did he? Um, he, he, he? The Champions League 2008 final, he was decent. And, and scored maybe one uh, then but in general yeah the odd one or two but yeah, yeah no, I, I, I agree with the sentiment that yeah we, we are generally fed at keeping the names so mm. yeah. fairly quiet because yeah. Lennon was almost anonymous and Lennon normally plays right and Bale plays left but I mean I, I only watched it on a fairly shonky stream so I, it was difficult sometimes to fully pick up Everything, but did Bale was Bale floating around more in the middle? Because yeah, I, he was he was kind of sort of central, sort of drifting off Adibayor. Yeah, because uh, he he didn't go up against Aspilicueta as you might have expected him to. Mm. I mean, it was Adibayor who went there in the end, wasn't it? In the last sort of twenty minutes, but Lennon didn't seem to get any sort of joy either side, did he? Well, they, they were kind of in terms of they the way they were set up. It was sort of Huddleston and Parker at. Mm. Sort of similar, similar yeah. to the way we play. Huddleston and Parker, so the two as as the the double pivot or whatever you choose yeah. to call it. Then it was Len and Bale and Holby, and I think yeah, yeah. Bale was sort of more central, but mm. drifting around. Um, and again, I've, I've heard lots of fuss about Holby, but I don't don't think he was particularly yeah. great. I thought he was he was a bit tigerish, um, you know. But uh, is this his first proper full season of Spurs? I think it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. 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 First, um, so I just, can I? I want to make a point about the, you know, we got to this sort of um, seventy-five minute point. Um, I thought it was more seventy minutes when and patently energy levels were, were you know, crashing through the floor and Spurs were you know doing what a lot of other teams have done and picking up. Uh, sort of sniffing out the fact that you know maybe they had something you know that they could continue that level of performance and they would break through and I think it was although uh, it was 2-2 when I think we made the substitutions um, I think it was before that point that 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 equaliser that Spurs got had a, an air of inevitability about it I felt um, you were just sitting there thinking it's going to happen it's going to happen and it did and yeah, yeah. so the question around um, so Mark's made the point saying well you know Benitez could stay if we play and play that sort of football but this is for me the sort of the weakness in Benitez yeah, is not spotting a point when you would say right um, hook him off hook him off um, whoever was he, he could have he could have brought John Terry on just shut um, the game out. He could have put Ivan out on the right back. He could have told Dave uh, Aspilicueta to go up and play on the right wing because that's that was his reasoning behind Benny Hume coming on, was that we were getting mullered down that side. 
Okay, well, I and, think- and, and I just think that that was a point when you bring on Terry, you take off Ramirez as well, so you can bring on Frank. You just put that bit of experience in there, a, a couple of people that will shut the game down. And what we had was we had this incessant, and it fucking drives me mad, right? This desire to take the quick free kick. I'm going to say this because I think I've said it on here before. We're still yeah, spooked yeah, yeah. as a club. We're still spooked by Terry Henry's quick free kick that he scored for Arsenal a few years ago. You know, it must be eight or nine years ago now, I guess, or whatever. And we have this utter, we get the ball, let's get it back in play. There are, this is where Balak and Makalele used to come into their own. They would say, no, let's not get the ball straight back into play. Let's take a bit of time, take the sting out of the game. And at 70 minutes, that's what we needed. We should needed the experience. Doing, yeah. And, I'm, you know, that's, that for me is the Benitez weakness. You know, that we should have done that earlier, took the sting out of the game, and like we did with United, in fact, you know, nullify it. It's not well, great the, entertainment at that point, but who cares? We would no, exactly, you know, it's about the result. But no, I think it, for me, it changed um, when Azad was taken off for Moses. We were just less of a threat going forward, um, and they Sigurd sort of had been on for a little while, and, and it, they were just they just started becoming more effective going forward and more effective in possession than we were. Um, and I think you know. Listen, you, you can't. We know we, you can't leave Azad on for ninety minutes every game, and he was just back from a you know his calf injury. Um, but I just thought we were we were less effective without him on. Which is I think he had to take him off, John, because he got clattered. Yeah, he, he got clattered, and and I think maybe the start in the start of the hamstring failure he had on Saturday was was around. I think. Benito said after, I don't think he was making excuses, I think he, he more or less had to take Hazard off. Um, yeah. Whether he should have put Moses on or, or done something else, I, I take Tony's point, but he, they needed to address the right-hand side because Adebayor moved over to, they brought Dempsey on and shifted Adebayor right on to, to Azpilicueta and he needed help and he didn't get it. Yeah, he didn't get it. That's and, the thing. Um, I think that's the thing. Moses for me is, you know, he's, he's an okay player, but he's not... You know he's not great in possession. I don't think he's particularly good defensively. I think that may have been the, may have been the issue. But and I thought to be perfectly honest, you know, it's not so great. But, you know, the, the result was still all, and that's fair enough. But when Adibayor received the ball for the goal, he was offside. Mm-hmm. He was offside. Yeah, yeah, in very simple terms. So then uh, Louise Louise should have been tracking Sigurdsson because you know as Belicueta had Adibayor, uh, there was another character parked out there who was being shadowed. And it was, and I'm, you know, I mentioned it in my report on the blog, and people thought I was getting at Louise. I'm not getting at him. I'm just saying that that's the sort of thing that if he's going to play defensive midfield, that's, that's the sort of stuff he, he, you know, he has to pick up. And it's a learn, probably a learning process for him. Um, but that 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 was sort of stuck out a bit like a sore thumb. But you know, it's, it was a good game, and yeah, like several games this season, we just haven't closed it out. But it was good entertainment, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think um, that probably rounds Spurs off for another season. Um, you know, the, the fact we got a very decent win up at White Hart Lane, it, it's sort of we've not had the best record against them recently after a, a period of of dominance. So to get a win up there and um, and a point to, to pretty much close out their their Champions League hopes was um, you know all good as far as I'm concerned. It's really only City that we haven't. Uh we haven't got something out of the season we got the draw but that was it you know whereas Arsenal Tottenham and United we've taken you know at least 
one win out of all those teams. Um, so yeah, City was the only one that we really failed to to fire against. Yeah, you say um, we've we've um, dented Tottenham's Champions League's hopes. I'm, I'm not sure they're completely out of it yet, but I mean, it'd be interesting to hear what everybody else thinks. But personally, my preference is that Tottenham do qualify in yes. fourth place. I mean, it's really lovely now that we're in this position where we know we're in the Champions League and we can just sit back and enjoy watching Tottenham and Arsenal fans stewing mm. over their own situation. And mm. for, for Arsenal not to qualify would be fun, purely mm. because the only thing they've had to cling on to for the last eight years is their financial model and mm. how profitable they've been. And if they were to come out of the Champions League and lose that revenue stream, and the only, the only trophy they have is their spreadsheet... And that gets deleted. It would be fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you 100% there, Mark. I, I would, you Most know, I, 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 I always refer to them as the loathsome Spurs. But, um, you know, I, I still bruise easily when I remember um, Carnu um, and Stamford Bridge and all of those endless frigging years of them kicking sand in our face. Um, until, you know, the Abramovich Mourinho era when suddenly... You know, we puffed up our chest, got the ball worker out, and went and done the same back to Arsenal. So I'd like to see Spurs do it because I think Spurs would be utter shite in Europe. Yeah, so I, I think, think that's a key, I think that's the key thing. You know, they'd they'd start start the qualifying rounds in July, get fucked by sporting facial hair from wherever it happens to be, somewhere in the middle of August, and you know, <coughs> over it is for another year. Which would um, yeah, I'd be more than happy with that. It'd be absolutely superb. I, I don't want to. I don't want to put a damper on on these. Proceedings where, but, but. where <laughs> however, where Sammy Smug from Smugsville is a uh, is, is accepting the nomination as president of the Smug Society. But um, if if come Sunday, um, a an emotional Everton have decided to lay into us uh, as we limp back exhausted from Amsterdam. Um, and we then gaze up at the scoreboard, which is gradually ticking over into double figures uh, between Tottenham and Sunderland. You know, we might just start to sweat a bit, that's all. Now, all know, I was saying I just, was, for the next week, we could all become Tottenham fans, which yes. I thought, Donald, you'd be comfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just trying to counsel a little, a little caution you know, strange. <laughs> you know, when when I before I went into biscuits, I spent some time before the yard arm, and as we used to say, um, strange things can happen at sea. There we go. Duly noted. Personally, I think we'll be fine. Yeah, and if we're not, we'll just go through a qualifier. You know, we'll get over it. Oh, if Tottenham beat Sunderland sixteen nil. Yeah. We lose to Everton, and Arsenal win their last two games. Yeah, and we're we're uh, <laughs> we're in it's Thursday night town. Not convincing, is it? <laughs> we're in Thursday night town. That's all I, I'm saying. So I think let's we... just rain back on the Sammy Smug. Say, say that again. So, I mean... if 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 Sunderland lose to t- if if Tottenham beat Sunderland, it, it's like, I think more than sixteen goals. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and let's yeah. face it. With Mad Paolo in charge, anything <laughs> is possible. They could be down. They could be down to like one man after forty minutes. And <laughs> yeah. 
So if they win and Arsenal win their last two games, we end up in fifth. I'm just, I'm just, you know, the mathematical possibility is still there. That's what I'm saying. I think, we'll, I think we'll be okay. I think we'll be all Everton. right. I think Everton, because they cannot finish um, fourth now, um, or even fifth by the looks of it, um, uh, will be on the beach. And Moisey's had his little day today. They might want to play up for him a little bit, but I think we'll be too too professional. Let's face it, when you need the draw, you know. Yes. There'll, there'll, there'll be a, a, a team of players out there slightly concerned that they may be playing under Martin O'Neill next season. Oh yeah, I suppose there is that. That, that. that will be enough to put put fear into or it will. Yeah, but you'd want to play badly so that. Yeah, and, exactly. And so will sack you on the first day. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, right, Villa. None of us went. I know that for a fact. Mark, I, I would be interested to hear your perspective from the um, the Sheraton in Amsterdam. Yeah, well, I planned to go, and um, it's really frustrating. This family party in Amsterdam. Well, it was an hour south of Amsterdam by train was planned where last basic, which in Holland means you're basically in France doesn't no, it? no no it's, um, it's Herten Gerbosch or something oh, right, it's apostrophe S which is short for Saint or something yeah okay and sometimes on the internet you have to type in apostrophe S and it finds it and other times you just go Herten Gerbosch and it finds it and it's all terribly confusing uh, but anyway this was organised last October and obviously the invite comes in my wife shows it to me first thing is to load up the Chelsea fixture list <laughs> and I said no we'll never get to the cup final yeah it's fine go ahead and um, <clears throat> we said yes so it was all planned but um, actually in that in the fixture list at the time we were away to Villa on the Sunday so I said let's fly on the Saturday let's get an early flight back on the Sunday and then we can go up to Villa mm. so I bought the Villa tickets and the flight was going to land at ten past ten at Luton. I'd arranged a space near the villa ground through parkmycar.com where you can park in someone's drive. Oh, really? Excellent. And, okay. and I had it all planned to perfection. And um, the kickoff was three o'clock or something. Then they moved the game to 12.45. And I said, well, don't worry about it. We'll still make 12.45. We've got loads of time. And a couple of days before, I looked at it again. I said, hang on a minute. They haven't just moved it to 12.45. They've actually moved it to the day before at 12.45, <laughs> which is when we're flying out. Mm. Um, so I asked my son if he wanted the tickets, and he said yes. Didn't offer to pay for them, so he's just taken those. <laughs> sons tend to do. Robbed. <laughs> yeah. And um, so he went up to it, and he was in the eighth row in the lower tier, which was fantastic. I mean... The place, you know, if you want to be somewhere, seeing Frank scoring two goals, you want to be in the eighth row. Fortunately, he didn't run on the pitch and get himself banned for life. Mm. Uh, but he did go down to the front row for each of the two goals. But anyway, I, I flew to Amsterdam, going back to the central part of the story. Mm. And uh, the flight landed, and I worked out where the sports bar was in Amsterdam, and we were going to get, get a cab down there. But I thought, you know, rather than wasting time in the cab, let's go straight to the nearest hotel and see if they're showing it. And we wandered into the bar at the Sheraton. They had about eight different screens showing various things. And fortunately, one of them was Chelsea at Aston Villa. And as we walked up to the screen, we were losing 1-0. I got in 10 minutes after it started. I thought, oh, here we go. It's going to be one of those. Um, but it was fantastic. So I was sitting there drinking my Heineken's. 
um, enjoying the game. And it was a very peaceful bar with sort of American tourists. And I, I managed to control myself. But every time Frank scored, my wife jumped up and said, yes! And everybody <laughs> dropped their crockery and their <laughs> hamburgers and looked around. And then this Dutch bloke walked up to us and said, are you Chelsea fans? We said, um, yes. He said, are you going to the final? I said, uh, yes. He said, have you got, oh, you got tickets? He said, I, I can get you tickets if you want. I said, really? How come? He said, um, I'm a ticket trader. Mm. Which is a posh way of saying I'm a tout. Tout, um, yes, indeed. <laughs> I'm a scalper. <laughs> which was a shock. I was sitting there and he offered me tickets for the final. Um, when we can only get 9,800. Yes. Well, but anyway, it was, you know, that, that was my view of Villa. So I, I watched the game the last 80 minutes and enjoyed every moment. Yeah, it's, um, it, it, it's, Villa, we've not had the, the best of records up at Villa in recent years. Um, and obviously, you know, they're, they're, roy- they're royally scrapping against relegation and so forth. Um, Tony, did you watch it? Sorry, I'm struggling for words here. I'm, I'm, I'm flinging it out to someone else while I, I put, put together a plot of some variety. Oh, right. Um, Carry on. Uh, no, uh, I had the interesting experience of um, following it on Twitter on the golf course because uh, Saturdays uh, rapidly become my golf day simply because of the usual swapping around of our fixtures, etc. And uh, I was—I can tell you now—I was on the eleventh fairway, just short of the uh, bunker, um, playing out of my skin, six holes up on my golf partner. Um, who was looking a bit like Roberto Mancini would later on in the day, um, <laughs> <laughs> sort of de- de- desperately beaten. And of course, um, being a true sportsman, I was actually making it even worse for him by, um, you know, pure gamesmanship and um, basically lording it over him. And I saw the the um, Frank Lampard sort of thing pop up, two hundred three goals, um, and at that point as well. Because um, I can only peer, you, know, you can only periodically check your phone on the golf course because it's pretty bad etiquette. Um, and to hear me suddenly shouting across the course, "Yes, fucking get in there!" Um, and uh, <laughs> I, I went on to win the next three holes before um, I offered him the chance to gracefully walk off the course, having been roundly thrashed. So that's what we did. It was good. Uh, the Twitter, it was quite interesting because every time you, you sort of load Twitter up and, and you can, you know, I'm trying to play golf and concentrate on the golf and you can see the polarisation of the Chelsea fans from um, Ramirez has been sent off, Benitez, you fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. Uh, okay. Um, to, you know, and... and to the other end of the scale, which is, you know, like we're playing... Re- I, you know, I, I watched the game. I recorded the game, watched it when I got back last night. Um, and uh, and the, all these sort of doom and gloom bits that I was reading on Twitter, they weren't that much better than us. It was a decent game. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't dazzlingly brilliant like we were against Tottenham, but we were by no means the bunch of, uh, you know, lame donkeys that, uh, that some people were making it out to be. Um, I realised people's... Um, perspectives on the game is clouded by emotion and passion at the time but uh, sometimes I do wonder about mm. our support but there you go it was a lovely did, moment I mean, this, is, um, this is the team that we tonked 8-0 back in um, was it December just before Christmas wasn't it yeah right? it was Yeah, yeah and yeah. absolutely royally turned them over yeah. 
But they seem to have heard a bit more about them lately, don't they? And I think this wasn't mm. they run five out of the last seven games or something. And yeah. yeah, I mean they've improved. Yeah, they definitely they've improved. They've improved definitely. Since since we've oh, met them and beat them eight nil, we've played eighty eight games and they've played six. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and we were down to nine men. True, that's yes. And um, we were one nil down. So I, I would say it's a glorious victory. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, um, when I saw the one nil down bit, uh, the half time score and the Ramirez had been sent off um, you know I carried on playing uh, very much like uh, 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 Sergio Garcia um, or someone of that ilk um, and I didn't let it get to me but I did think fuck that's another one that's gone out the window you know that, Christ we are going to go down to the wire so the, sh- the shout of joy um, was genuine because that was to me that's it we've got Champions League football that's objective number one if you like on um, Benitez's list done and dusted, we can now go to the final with that particular bit of pressure off of us, yeah, yeah. Um, and and hopefully have a bit of a party next Sunday, you know, at Stamford Bridge, it'll be a nice day out, it'll be very interesting to see what happens at the um, lap of appreciation, um, whether Benitez comes out and chances walking around. Um, I've been wondering that, I mean... On a serious note, if he, if he brings his kids yeah. out and that, you know, I mean, I think, I'd like to think that we have, our fans have enough class to just politely applaud or ignore him rather than give him a hurl a load of abuse with him with his kids and family on the I, I, think I don't think they have, to be honest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't I would hope they've it. got, you know, a, a bit of human kindness in them, but I, I think they will just be abusive till the end. I, I yeah. think he deserves more than that. I mean, um... I'm one of the f- small minority, and um, I quite like Rafa Benitez. And I've always enjoyed his interviews, and even his interviews after the game yesterday. You know, he's very full good. Of, he's full of smiles. He's he's professional. He's pleasant. He's gracious. And it would be good if our fans could be the same next week and just be gracious. He's going. They've got what they want. Mm. Just um, let's just part um, civilly. Yeah. I know what you mean. But it won't happen. It's not going to happen, is it, unfortunately, which is a shame. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm no big fan of his, but I would have thought that if if we've, you know, if we finish in third or whatever... Um, Job done. Particularly if they've if we've managed to win on Wednesday, you know, that that will be, albeit it's only a minor trophy, but, you know, it's something you've won something. Um, I wouldn't see the need to give him stick you know whether you like him or not I wouldn't see like Mark says one why can't we be gracious but two why give him the stick if he's going there's just no you know there's well, no need is there it, I, it I don't has, um, it has noticeably died off at the ground mm-hmm. I don't know about the away matches I, I can't really speak for them but um, in the ground the 16th minute Roberto Di Matteo stuff has yeah, stopped that's gone stone dead and I think there has to be you know um uh, there has to be a certain point at which even the thickest, most blind, stupid Chelsea fan must realise he's going to go. Therefore, any Rafa out bollocks is utterly pointless. You know, and I assume that's what's. what's I don't what's even think it's, it's the it's the it's the Rafa out. That, you know, the, there's the small minority that just hate him, and they want to make it clear that they hate him. It doesn't matter whether he's here, going, or otherwise. They just yeah. dislike. Yeah, I mean, him. I mean, uh, yes, there, there is a there is a sort of personal element to this there's also I think and on uh, a lot of people still feel relatively rancorous about the circumstances of his appointment so it's, it's not just about him it's about 
of the board as well, you know, and, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's... it's but as I say, you know... He's the focus what, for the bad thing. Whether the, the... With the other players walking around the pitch, whether that's the time to start, you know, laying into someone. I, personally, I mean, I don't go enough anymore. Um, I, I've been to quite a few matches this season, but I wouldn't... You know, I haven't been as deeply involved in every game as I have been in years gone by, but I'm... Even in my darkest moments, I would have, I would think that I'd like to just sort of let him go. You know, don't don't make a thing of it. Well, that's my view of it. Yeah, um, no, I think it's um, yeah. Well, uh, you know, I just uh, I, I, you know, I mean, it it will affect a lot of people there. I mean, if if you know a, a third of the ground or whatever is going to hurl abuse at him, I'm going to walk out. I don't want to be part of that. I want to applaud the players for a valiant effort having played 700 games this season. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, and it's increasing. It's increasing because, um, but I, I, I don't want to be part and parcel of a group of people that are hurling at abuse, a man who's come in, done a job, that may have his family there because I, I wouldn't do that in a pub. I wouldn't expect that sort of behaviour anywhere else. So it it puts me in an awkward spot because I would want anybody that's surrounding me. I would want to turn around and tell them what I think of them, which is going to be a flashpoint, you know, in itself if I do that. Mm. And um, you know, because you do want to turn around and say to these people, oh, for fuck's sake, just grow up. But you know, just applaud the bloke, shake his hand, let him go. But um, I don't know. So I hope it we will see. happen. We'll I hope I'm not put in that position. There, there, there is a very there is a. a, a a group of people who do feel very, very strongly about this, and um, like John, Johnny says, you know, they're they're going to have their say right to the end. Which yeah. they need so to grow up. You know, well, you know, that's my view. They need to grow up. I, as I say, I, there, there is that element of you pays your money, you takes your choice. You know, you, you, if you're if you're someone who goes all the time and is a committed fan, perhaps you know. Well, that's. Yeah. Anyway, it's all rubbish. Shall we move on? Shall we move on to yeah. Frank, which is a more positive story? Yeah, I think oh, that's, yes. that's that's the key thing. Um, yes, we know that. Yet again, when the chips are down, we are one nil down, ten men, and lo, who crops up to dig us out of the um, the brown and smelly? But Super Frankie Lampard, as he has done on numerous occasions over the last decade or so. Um, I, it, it's it's. It was sort of rather telling in, in the sense that, you know, after much discussion as to whether he will stay or whether he will go, whether he's going to, you know, get enough playing time to actually break the record, that he crops up two goals, wins a game that we look likely we were, we were not going to get much out of. Um, sort of sums him up in terms of his, his career with Chelsea. Um, who, who wants to kick off a, a bit of eulogising about Frank I think we, we're allowed a bit of a ramble about probably our greatest ever player well I'll just uh, I'll be really quick and just say that what mm-hmm. pleases me is uh, a bit like Drogba with his final kick in the Champions League okay it wasn't and Frank himself has said it, you know finishing fourth isn't that great but it was just something we needed to do mm-hmm. that he broke the record as you say doing something that was useful it would have you know it still have been a great thing but if he perhaps got the 203rd goal you know if he equaled it in, an, in a game we were losing and then got another goal at the end of a game that either we'd won or that we were losing you know it, it wouldn't have 
mm. meant it wouldn't have had quite the the emotional impact it did. But no. as you say, down to ten men. Okay, they were down to ten men when we actually got back in the game. I think, but the fact that yes, we we needed to have those two goals to give ourselves a bit of a cushion going into the week, going into the last week, and so on and so forth. And as you say, that sort of summed them up. And you know, bloody good luck to him. Um, and yeah, he's. He's as good as, as we've ever seen, I think, in terms of a midfield player who can just keep on scoring goals. Mm. I think, um, I mean, we, we look back, it was summer of, where are we, 2001, possibly? I can't remember. Um, that he was Ranieri signed. Yeah, yeah for, for 11 million quid. I think it's probably fair to say that it wasn't, you know, Met with universal signing that wasn't met with universal acclaim. There were, you know, it was more of a, a fair think, chunk of money as well. Yeah, yeah, back back in those days, you know, it was a, a raised eyebrow. I think was probably the most common reaction amongst Chelsea fans. You know, he, he was okay for West Ham. What you know didn't didn't ever particularly stand out. Um, and and also, it took him a little while to settle in. I think Ranieri clearly rated him, but he played quite. He played out wide quite a lot when he first got here as far as I can recall and I think he got didn't he get sent off at Spurs quite early in his career as well for us I, I'm, I don't I'm know going, well, I, mean, I know I'm going way back but um, it took yeah, you have to remember you have to remember uh, Johnny that people like myself we can remember every small detail of every game that was played in 1967 68 69 up to about 1974 <laughs> and then anything after that up to yesterday is a bit of a struggle so if you work <laughs> on that sort of basis yeah. then this will go a lot smoother okay yeah. okay Judy notes excellent I'll, um, I'll, I'll, I'll gloss over the um, you know that stuff back then um, in which case let's let, let's crop it Mark um, favourite Lampard performance favourite goal um, I don't know. I'd probably need more time to think about that, to be honest. Uh, um, but, just, but just going back to yesterday, I mean, I would say yesterday epitomised Frank. If you had to sum up Frank's performances, you just had to show those two goals from yesterday in that um, we desperately needed a goal. It wasn't going to come from the forwards and it was him that had to pop up from midfield and do it. And the first goal reminded me of that one away to Everton four or five years back I think it was under Mourinho where he smashed it in from outside the box Yeah. and this one you know, he just drove it across the box and smashed it in it was an unstoppable shot it was absolutely fantastic and then his second goal was just typically Frank mm. um, played a one-two strolled into the box took the ball in his stride and just tapped it in and there must be 30 or 40 goals that look identical. I mean, mm. that is his trademark. Yeah. Um, mm. So, two important goals. One of the game, as you as you rightly pointed out, it was an important game. Um, so, who knows what's going to happen next season? I mean, we might all be surprised, and he's back with us for another year. But if he's not back with us, you know, he's gone out with a bang, just like Drogba did last year. So, it's fantastic for him. And um, whatever happens next season for him, I'm sure, will be great for him personally. You know, he'll, he'll be setting himself up for life, although he, he already is, but, you know, he'll just be topping up his pension, um, having a great time. And, um, you know, when we look back over players over time, w w 
we may not be able to rate him as our greatest ever player. You know, to dislodge the likes of Osgood and Zola might be tough for people to make that vote. Um, he might come in third or he might come in fourth, I don't know. But if you look at someone's contribution to the club, he probably comes in first. Mm. Um, three, yeah. premier, three Premier Leagues, one Champions League, two Champions League appearances, I don't know, six or seven FA Cups, um, Carling Cups. And it's down to people like him. Um, and I was having this discussion earlier with someone, and they said, oh, yeah, but, you know, um, he's got lots of great players around him. But you still need players like Lampard to actually deliver and be a winner. Mm. You know, we had great players in the Zola era, era, and we didn't win anything. Well, we didn't win the Premier League. You know, we, we sort of came second or third. We didn't have the people who could take us over the line. Mm. And Lampard is one of those people who has taken us over the line season after season. Yeah. So I can't think of anyone, you know, in terms of goals, number of appearances, and contribution to winning things, who has done more for Chelsea than Frank Lampard. Yeah. And, and, and the point you make about people say, oh, well, he's been surrounded by good players. He has been surrounded by good players, but they've always been surrounding him because he's always been playing. He's, he has been consistent through through his career, and he has always been on the team sheet, and they've... You know, the other parts of the team have been there around him, but he's always been. I mean, he some seasons back, uh, was it under Mourinho or maybe even before? He he played about a million and one games back to back, didn't he? Without that's right, without missing a game. Yeah, you know, yeah. and as you say, you probably can't. You can't. You could. You can have a video of of all his goals and all the fantastic goals he scored. You can't have probably one of those videos like they have of Zola, Messi, people like this, with all the tricks and flicks. You know, he wasn't he wasn't a sort of tricks and flicks sort of player. He had a great range of passing, but he was a sort of it was more prosaic, wasn't it? It was he, he could he could float the ball to people, he, he could he could spot the ball to play, but he didn't have he didn't have outstanding pace, he didn't have a trick, as it were, did he? But his real trick was was turning up at the right minute yeah, just and banging the ball the right in the net. Yeah. No, he's got a process. You know. He knows how to go through a certain process. Yeah. And it is a very simple process. Mm. And, and it's and so simple, no one else seems capable of replicating it. Yes. That's, that's, it is having that, that seeing, seeing the situation, seeing how it's going to develop, knowing where to be. And that, that's not quite as flash as, as the Ronaldos and the Messis and, and, and people like that. So... Like you say, Mark, he doesn't get listed quite as high because he doesn't have the spectacular in that sense. But what he does have is, is and as time goes by and people look back, you know, to look at a player who's, who's played for nine, ten years consistently with very few long-term injuries and always scoring goals every season, that's, you know, that's phenomenal, I think, really. I think it's, um, it's sort of testament just in terms of, the, the spine that Mourinho built the first time round. It's not exactly the same as it was, but Frank's still there, still doing it, and still cropping up at exactly the right time in the right place and, and you know, getting the goals. Um, that, that's kind of the, the testament to, well, 
Mourinho's vision, if you like, and and also you know Frank's Frank's longevity and just you know his ability to to stick around for so long because you know we sort of we we accept him we accept that you know his career is way it's not on the wane but you know he's not going to play sixty games a season he's not going to be the key man anymore. Um, but for five or six years, we've accepted he's just his first choice, and that's always the way the way it's been. But you know, there was a time where you know we bought Veron, and you know, and the chat in the press was, "Well, where you know Frank Lampard could be off now." You know, he's you know, Veron's going to be the main man. Oh no, he isn't. Balak as well. When Balak turned up, there was there was a definite sort of chatter in the press and everywhere else that, well, you know, he's going to be the main man. Frank, you know, everyone that has turned up that, you know, is, is, is billed as, you know, the man who is going to dominate our midfield every time Frank has seen them off. And I think that's, you know, that that's a key thing about him that, you know, he, he's just hung in there. Again, you know, probably not naturally gifted, but just grafted and grafted and grafted and grafted and just... You know, has has been extraordinary. Yeah, I think he's generally been fantastic. Um, I, I'm just just going to pick out because the, the game was was bugging me. Um, it was 2000, September 2001. We beat Spurs three two at White Hart Lane. Desai got a 90th minute winner, and Frank was sent off. Just I think possibly just after that. I can't remember. You may you may remember the game. You may I may not. have been there. Oh my word! I think I was actually there on a corporate do. Um, it was a late Desai winner from an Emmanuel Petit corner, as I recall. It was caught, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And absolutely. I, it went in at the very end where I was. Well, I don't know what the different ends are at Tottenham or whatever. And the bloke behind me had to put his hand over my mouth, basically <laughs> push down on my shoulder. Shut up. We had a load of Tottenham fans in front of us, and I would have been killed. And I remember I walked out of that ground. Um, to my car, which was parked because it was a corporate day, so they they'd hired a car park in a school nearby. Okay, and you've obviously all been to White Hart Lane. It's possibly not the most selective areas, um, <laughs> of which I had to walk back through this housing estate, which was full of rather beefy-looking gangster types, if you like. Um, one of them, the husbands were pretty ugly as well. Yeah, they were. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them, uh, a group of them, were there, and I was sort of walking along, and he said. Uh, what was the score then, mate? And I went three two. The bastards like that, right? <laughs> <laughs> Coward. Yes, absolutely. You're absolutely. right. Yes, yes. The car was inside. And, and, get and then the cock crew. Yes, um, but yeah. <laughs> as they are, as they are, as they are frequently known. Indeed. Um, I think it just you know, there's any number of, of, of favourite goals you can pick out. The game that that sort of stood out for me where. You know, I, no one. I don't think anyone was particularly convinced by him for, for a couple of years. Maybe I think it was. It was only kind of the, the season, the, the last season under Ranieri when Mourinho arrived, where he really hit, you know, top form, and people went, "Wow!" You know, the, we've got a player on our hands. Um, we beat Leeds three two. I think it was Ranieri's last season. I think we beat Leeds three two at the Bridge, and um, Ida scored that fantastic overhead kick in front of the Matthew Harding, um, which Frank put the crossing for. And that was the game where, having sat and watched it, it was a terrific game of football, was where I remember people wandering away going, 
me, he had a fantastic game. You know, he literally ran that midfield. And Leeds, Leeds were a, a decent side back then. Um, and that was the point, I think, where, or at least that was the season where opinions on him started to change. And, you know, he really sort of cemented his, his position in the side. And, and, you know, on he went from there. Um, and favourite goal? Well, you know, th- there's been an awful lot of them. But the um, the goals up at, um, up at Bolton, Title-winning day, two thousand and five. Yeah, yeah I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's just it's 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 history that you know of, of the many moments of uh, of history that he's recorded. It's the one that I think will, will probably stand out as the um, as the key yeah. one for him at the club. I mean, it's amazing stamina that he can have so so many seminal moments. I don't, he's a young he's a younger man than us, Mark. I think that's uh, the yeah, that's, 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 that's the key thing. <laughs> um, oh, so. Uh, there was, uh, I, I have to say, the um, the interview, the post-match interview yesterday, there was a little bit of a glint in his eye that seemed to suggest that the question about next season w- was not, you know... His, Done and dusted. Yeah, it, it wasn't quite as gloomy as he was a couple of years ago, shall we say. I'm oh, sorry, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we won't dwell on on the possibility of, of who's going to be the manager now, because I suspect we'll cover that in, um, in a future podding shed, but um, you would... Think that if the man who is supposedly coming back comes back, that Frank will stay. I would think that's the case. He he was upbeat. I think he's actually given an interview somewhere. I seem to recall reading one of the many web articles today that um, that he sees that kind of Ryan Giggs role as um, uh, 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 as the the way forward. Um, I also think there has to be an opportunity for him to start cutting his coaching teeth uh, at some point which I, I assume he may want to do um, what better way to do it than to be you know the continuity thing that we've seen at other clubs maybe that may be um, something that, that the club of Mer- he was very praiseworthy of the club and the way they've treated him yesterday um, mm. you know, uh, uh, which is quite marked really isn't it so maybe he's got that idiot Steve Cutner um, God, I, I so want to say that so differently, but his idiot, his idiot agent, maybe he's got him to wind his neck in, and uh, and he's saying all the right things. Um, but I thought the interview he did with Dan Walker, I, I guess that's the one you're talking about, is it on? That was on Match of the Day last night. Um, um, no, I think this, we, I've I've seen mishmashes of all sorts, but right. but you know, go on, go on. Oh, that, that was a very good interview, um, and you know, Dan Walker was uh, uh, was very good, and and you know, it was quite light hearted and. and Quite fun, but you know he uh, he that uh, he came across in that as saying that you know there's, there's you know there's hopefully resolve things at the after the end of the season. Um, I think that he's been an, an absolutely outstanding player, and I was one of those that when he joined the club thought bloody hell, eleven million pound, Christ, you know he's mm. um, he's a little bit he, as it, by his own description a little bit chubby perhaps by by anybody else's standards. I'm not quite sure why the fat Frank. Things stood around because when you look at him, he's as lean as any it, other player. You know, it's a, if, if yeah, it's, but he was a bit chubby at the beginning. Be yeah, fair. he was, but early I mean, on, yeah, yeah. But, but, that was yeah. a West Ham fan, so wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, frankly, um, if he's fat now, then the rest of us haven't got much chance at all. Yeah, for all of you know, for right reasons, you, the goals at Bolton. I think there was a fabulous goal he scored against Bayern Munich a few years back, which. Um, as I recall, yeah, the had, little, had the it, had it, yeah, 
yeah. um, which was just marvellous. But I think the one always, for whatever weird reason, and I'm struggling, and you guys might be able to help me here, it was a game under big Phil Scolari. It was either Hull or Stoke, and he scored in the, literally, I think it might have been Stock or someone who got the cross to him, and he ran Stoke. directly straight oh, into... Yeah. Uh, he's sort of straight into Scolari's arms, if you like, and that was sort of like them saying, you know, we we do like this bloke, he is a decent coach or whatever, I don't know. But mm-hmm. it lifted Stamford Bridge out of what had been, I think we'd been a goal down, I think. And, and yeah, yeah, we came back. And then, yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, I don't know. First, and he got, the, he got the winner. Yeah, and it just seemed to, for me, that was that's the one that, I don't know, not particularly important one, I guess, in the grand scheme of things, but it kind of typified the man, you know. And, um, yeah. No, I remember the game because I wrote I wrote the report for the blog, and uh, ah. I remember I remember picking up on it particularly for the simple reason that preceding weeks had been fairly shit, and it was actually just a great game of football and, yeah. and a great win, you know, last minute winner, all good stuff. Um, I think actually just just, just picking out, and I, it, it's been quoted all over the place all weekend, but just picking out the you know Premier League top goal scorers of all time. Frank is, is sat there just below Shearer, Andy Cole and Thierry Henry um, with 165 goals in fourth place. Um, and below him, you know, you've got names like Robbie Fowler, Owen, Rooney, Ferdinand, Sheringham, our own Jimmy Floyd. And these are um, all strikers. Exactly, yeah, he is the one midfielder. Yeah, that's that's not uh, Rio Ferdinand, we should point out, who's <laughs> scored like two goals in about 1,053 games. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and, and interesting, uh, uh, just as an aside, and, and appreciably a lot of it is, is sort of going back some way, um, we would also note that out of that top ten, eight are English. And let's, you know, maybe in, in 10, 20 years' time, be interesting to see whether that's the case. So, you know, whether Shearer's going to get, you know, Shearer and Cole and Henri, the likes of them are going to get caught, is anyone's guess. But... Um, just a, an interesting point, I thought, mm. myself. Uh, anyone else want to throw anything in about Frank? No, I, I did see that interview that um, that Tony referred to, and yeah, he did seem relaxed and positive. But then you think, well, he's now got the goal-scoring record, so he's probably thinking, well, you know, that that's another negotiating point on the table. You know, <laughs> if if he'd struggled, only had a few games under Benitez, uh, blah blah blah, and you know it all tailed off, then it's sort of yeah, Frank's over the hill. He's, he's you know, but he's not banged in twenty odd goals. I know the Chelsea season has been like four hundred and seventy three games, but he's only played like two hundred of them, and he's got twenty odd goals. He's he's got the record he's done it on a day where we you know it was important that we probably got a result at Villa and so on and so forth and that's all grist to the negotiating mill you know the the vice into which Kettner had placed the Goulet testes you know just took another another turn on the vice there um you know because I I, I would be as cynical as that I mean I think he's just happy to have achieved it uh, I mean, it's just yeah. great to be able to look back on it, isn't it? Mm. Oh yes, I, I of course, as, on a personal level, it was. But I, I just think that I, I'm talking specifically about the questions to him about, you know, where do you see yourself going, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, that part of it, there, there seemed to be a wry smile. 
Uh, could I just say that um, uh, congratulations to the uh, to the eyebrow because he's just taken PSG to their first title in 19 years. Yes, he has. The whistle has just gone. Well done, Carlo. I'm just going to... Just a, a, tear, a tear drops from the eye, Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Claudio has brought Monaco up from the League 2. Uh, another tear. Well, well the, the rumour is that they're, they're, um, they're going to shock world football with you know whichever rich owner that they've got. Um, and by signing Falcao. For 50 million. For Monaco, yeah. Supposedly have outbid us. If I can say something here now, which you can all look back in years to come and think, uh, I can't remember what that bloke said that night. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we should have nothing to do with third-party owned players. Don't get into negotiating for them. Don't buy them. Don't have anything to do with them. It's is he one? Is, is he third party yes. owned? Any, any, most of these people outside. I don't know how many we've got at the moment, but I just think it's it's not a recipe for a a settled squad. And, you know, people well, it's, say, uh, it's, say, it's it's notable in the sense that um, it's Tevez, isn't it? That was. I don't know if Ramirez also and some of those are, are third party owned. I wouldn't be surprised if they were. It seems to be a way that football operates in South America. But I think it I, I think you you're at the, the mercy of people who are purely you know, of course players are in it for the money, of course agents are in it for the money. But when it's a third party owned thing, it just seems to rack up the need to keep moving them around and racking up the deals mm. well, the, deal, um, the deal in South America is there's generally there's far less money um, mm. in terms of television money so the way it seems to work and, and you know FIFA, FIFA are, are fine with this just because it, it's it's a, a local quirk that obviously we don't particularly get here um, it, the, yeah the, the money isn't there because there isn't as much TV money um, this this is sort of historic. Whether it's changed a great deal in, in recent years, I don't know. But agent agent goes and, and picks up player, signs him up, and he he gets the big move to you know which whichever Argentine Brazilian team it happens to be, with the knowledge that you know the, the plan is to move him on to Europe in a couple of years' time. They sign him up on a on a three year deal. Um, there's not a lot of money involved in it, but the premise is is that you know the agent says right, okay, well I keep X of him. You get Y. Well, that seems to be the way it works. So, can I just interrupt for a second? Rob Harris, was it the Press Association? His tweet. You have to laugh. So Rob, can, uh, Rob Harris. Rob. He's yeah, he's younger and, and not under any suspicion that I know of. Um, <laughs> Can you see Beckham, Beckham wins the French title with PSG, adding <laughs> the league titles with Man United, Real Madrid, and LA Galaxy. Uh, <laughs> it's just uh, that the PR machine keeps rolling, doesn't it? You know? It does indeed. It does indeed. Oh, that's helpless. Yeah. Quite. Um, he, made a, he made a few sandwiches at the back of the coach for a couple of the away trips. He's got a medal. Uh, I suppose, um, you know, and obviously, we we, we offer because he's he's a listener, as, as you know. Um, we offer Frank our, our hearty congratulations on becoming yes. a, our all-time record goalscorer. Yeah. Something that I suspect is probably not likely going to be touched again for well, 
probably as long as it, it's been since the, since it was last set. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm speaking from the world of of, uh, of biscuitry, he certainly has taken the biscuit in uh, quite getting that record. Quite the custard cream no couldn't less. have happened to a nicer bloke, as they say. But he seems genuinely yeah. decent sort Which, of chap. Um, when he stopped taking the biscuits, he lost a lot of weight and he improved significantly. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, well, he was he was eating particularly low-fat biscuits, which were specifically developed for him. <laughs> the dietitian. Yes. The, um, yeah, all congratulations to the man, and uh, yeah, a top pro, and by all accounts, for, for anyone who speaks to him and, uh, and deals with him on a regular basis, a thoroughly nice chap, so uh, well-deserved. Now, obviously, the big question is, does his performance at Villa Park put him in contention for a starting spot on Wednesday in Amsterdam Tony no I think you're probably right but yeah go I on. think with Ramirez missing from next Sunday um, Benitez will probably put him on the bench for Wednesday night and uh, but Benitez seems to be managing the rotation reasonably well with the players and getting the likes of Frank and JT especially to understand that they probably can't play two or three four games a week or whatever um, and I think that um, with any level of uncertainty over um, forthcoming contracts, um, Benitez knows that um, really we'd want to see him next uh, next Sunday. And I think Ramirez's ban will start straight away, won't it? So um, yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's, there's, there's there's no question that he'll be um, chosen for that. But I don't think we'll see him starting against Benfica. Is is uh, Mikel available yet, or is he still injured? He's still injured. Yeah, no. still not quite, not quite there. I'd, I'd personally no. like him to start a game like that, but if he's you know having been out for a couple of weeks, it's probably not the best game to come straight back into. But you know, he's you know he, he's never let us down in big games. He's um, you know in fact that tends to be where he thrives. But um, so it, it's a question of whether he plays Luis and Ramirez or Lampard Ramirez. Is that? the general gist of it I suppose it is now because Romeo is back but he's not played a game no, so say, yeah, he's not. they won't risk him no so, I um, think he will start actually I think um, Hazard won't be starting if he's done his hamstring he won't be back mm. by Wednesday so yeah. working on the assumption that he's out for the rest of the season um, I think he's going to put Ramirez on the right wing Mm. Which he has done a few yeah. times, you know, did I it know. against Barcelona, may have done it against Bayern Munich, I can't remember. Um, and he is better than Moses. I mean, Moses is um, a squad player, but actually, he, he, his final ball, he panics a bit and he doesn't really deliver a very good one. He doesn't track back. Ramirez is going to give you a lot more effort and energy on the wing in replacement for Hazard, and he gives a bit more speed. And that leaves up a slot in the middle. And I think it might be time to, you know, after his performance this weekend, you want someone who's a winner and a leader out yeah. out on the pitch, not just checking goal as the captain. So I think he stands a very, very good chance. Yeah, I think um, with, with Hazard out, I think you're probably right. I do, it's not really the kind of game you want to start Moses for. So yeah, um, Ramirez on that on the right hand side would be the most logical. That's if he's got a hamstring injury. It looked like it. It did, yeah, it did. It didn't look great, and, and I think um, I think Benitez's post-match suggestion was, yeah, it's it's not not 
terribly healthy, whether that's a bit of kidology is, um, is anyone's guess. But, yeah, it didn't sound great. Um, I haven't seen Benfica. I mean, what, what, what sort of a team are they? Do they play on the break? Do they... Don't know, but they, they, they lost this weekend, and they, they mm. fell off the top of the league. Well, yeah, they yeah. actually blew the title, didn't they? Well, mm. they've got one game to go, so they, they're under pressure next weekend. Mm. So um, they can't put everything into this final, whereas, you know, had they won, they may have been able to. Yeah, yeah no, I think it, 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 they literally dropped off the top for the first time in the, this season um, behind Porto, and, yeah, ne- next weekend is it's all to play for. Um but I think that they're playing, and they're playing relegation candidates next weekend as well. A name, the Portuguese team, whose name escapes me, frankly, because I've never heard of them before, and probably never will do again. But um, um, yeah, obviously, Mark, you're there. The rest of us aren't, and, uh, and are watching it um, wherever we choose to catch up. Um, two consecutive European finals. It's you know that's that's a good thing. Um, it's not going to be quite the same as um, as Munich last season but there is a pot to play for and um, play for it we should um, yeah let's not belittle it too much I mean th- there aren't that many trophies in a season I mean I know people say we've been playing for seven or eight but forget yeah, the European Super Cup and the World Cup I mean they are rubbish Charity trophies. Shield and yeah, all yeah but the um, you know there's the Premier League the FA Cup the Carling Cup and then two European Cups there's only five real Cups um, Man United have won one. You know the other big boys. Well, City haven't won anything. Mm. Um, so I, I'd, I'd be very proud. I won't feel embarrassed if we win the Europa League Cup. I'll be um, enjoying it just as much. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. No, I yeah. absolutely. No, I agree with you. If you win it, you might as well win it. <laughs> Excellent. I, I, I personally, my personal favourite is the old I saw a mouse where. Oh, do you know I was just <laughs> about to mention that, you bastard. <laughs> a little mouse with clogs on. Yeah. There yeah, I declare. Oh dear me! Um, well, there's. Uh, we should have actually, as we did last season, we, sh- we should have done a. Um, we should have done a playlist for Amsterdam. Indeed, yes. New Amsterdam, Elvis Costello. Yeah. You got to have yeah. that in there. Port of Amsterdam, David Bowie. Yeah. Good call. Anyone else? I think we theme tune from Van der Volk. <laughs> Simon Park Orchestra. That was. What's it? Yeah, yeah. So, sorry, I'm a sad. Oh, Jesus Christ, that's <laughs> dreadful knowledge. <laughs> well done, that man. Um, I, um, I, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure about this game. I don't know whether it's just a, a game too far for us in terms of injuries, and uh, and I, I don't particularly trust Benitez per se. You know, he's he's done okay, but. The worry is that there's going to be a bit too much tinkering and, and a bit too much faffing about, and we're going to struggle. But um, that's you know that's just just my own personal thought. Um, Matic will be playing, will he? The uh, lad we let go, Nemanja. Yes, I, I would assume so. Yeah, he's been pretty much ever present for them, so um, I would guess that he will start. Um, and obviously, a good opportunity for him to um, to show what we're missing. Um, 
Tony, your your starting eleven and prediction. Ah, uh, right. Uh, okay, um, starting eleven. Well, check. Um, I think it will be Dave on the right. It will be uh, Louise and Cahill in the centre. Um, yeah, yeah, I do. I think I think Ivan might will be dropped to the bench. Um, Ashley Cole left, um, and in the middle, I think um, Ramirez. I think possibly. Uh, I think Mata and Oscar will start. Torres up front, obviously, and that leaves me one player, doesn't it? Um, um, well, well, I guess looking at the way that Mark said it, it could be Lampard, even though earlier on I said I didn't think he'd start. I don't think... Well, JT did look... Was he in the worst of the two that went off yesterday? Cause he yeah, he stretched it, it off, wasn't he? It didn't look great, yeah. It, it yeah. looked, looked ankle-end, possibly, you know. Yeah. Um, although he may, he may well opt again around mm-hmm. that Louise and um, as the... the uh, uh, the holding midfielder, if you like, with uh, with Ivan in the middle, um, but he hasn't got a lot of choice, has he? He's not exactly. Yeah, there's, there's not be a, huge, for... a huge amount of options. Yeah, aren't yeah. Um, prediction. Um, and prediction. Um, I think that it will be uh, a penalty shootout again. Oh bloody um, yeah! Yeah, I, I don't know. We should be too strong for them, but we've not we've not been the greatest of teams away from home in Europe, have we? Um, and I think the you know it depends how many the toll of the games we've got the the, the current seventy five minute fatigue barrier. Um, but then I didn't know that they'd Benfica had um, effectively um, put at great risk their Portuguese championship. Um, so we we may find ourselves up against a team that um, are prioritising. I mean, we should be too strong from in theory. I know we beat them. T- we beat them twice, didn't we, last year in the Champions League? We, didn't we beat them yeah, out yeah, there? Yeah, we beat them, beat them 1-0 out there and I think 2-1 yeah. two, two, at home. But um, I seem to remember that the game at home, we were, you know, it was just sort of like it was, one... It was a bit half, half. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, um, Morelia's got that. Yeah. And also, right last year, I think I said, I did, you know, I absolutely didn't want it to go to penalties in Munich and it did. So this year I'm going to say, yeah, it'd be great if it went to penalties. <laughs> <laughs> on the basis that my prediction skills are so rubbish we'll take it yeah um, Donald starting 11 prediction um, ooh, it's difficult but I, yeah obviously check uh, the two fullbacks will be uh, as expected um, yeah does he go with Louise in midfield uh, I don't know um, I think with JT having gone he's, he's a bit hamstrung there he'll probably um yeah, will he go with Ivan and Cahill? Oh. Is Ryan Ryan Bertrand is still injured, isn't he? Because there was always a possibility yeah. that he could crop up playing in front of Cole. You know, he's done that sort of thing before. Yeah. Um, I suppose sense dictates it, it will be Cahill and Ivanovic and then Luis and Ramirez and Oscar, Mata, um, maybe Moses and uh, Torres up front, something like that. If he's going to play the way you think he's going to play it, you know, I, mm. he could put Lampard in, but you just wonder. You know, he doesn't seem to want to play him twice in a week. So, you know, let's see. Uh, I would have thought that the option when they come back is if he did play Lampard and he hasn't got Ramirez, you know, someone like Nathan Ake could step up for a last game against Everton that yeah, we don't absolutely have to win. So, not essential, is you know, it? So. Um, 
And as to the result, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, I, I think it'll be a tight game, uh, obviously, because these finals usually are. I just hope that both teams, a bit like yesterday, a bit like um, has happened in some of these finals they just go for it and, and try and win it you know you might as well I don't think there's I'd hate to think that we're going to fanny about for 85 minutes trying to you know keep it keep it tight let's just go out there and, and go for it if we win it we win it if we lose it you know if we lose it if we lose it having a go and you know we've hit the bar hit the post and we don't win it I'm I'm not going to be too bitter about it but if we sort of try and sit back and almost Munich-like, try and nick it, yeah, I'll be annoyed, really. Because mm. I don't think there's any need for that. We might as well just have a go. No, understood. Uh, Mark, team prediction. I know you've touched on it already slightly, but let's, let's have your definitive team and, uh, and a prediction from you. Well, I'm not sure I can give you a definitive team, but um, <laughs> actually, Arsenal are playing Wigan on Tuesday. The chances are Arsenal will win. But let's say by just sheer chance Wigan get a draw or a win that means our position is pretty secure which means he doesn't have to worry about Sunday at all mm. which may have some influence over what he does on Wednesday in that he could say um, you know I'm just going to run everybody into the ground Wednesday I'm going to play the best team and forget Sunday so that, you know it could have an impact um the team, I think, will be a combination of um, what Tony suggested, mixed in with a bit of what Donal, with maybe three or four variations somewhere <laughs> between the middle and the front. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, always being the optimist, optimist, I think we'll win in um, without the need to go to penalties. Well, at least I hope so, because I want to get the train back from the Amsterdam <laughs> Arena up to Amsterdam pre-12 o'clock at night. Mm. Actually, just one thing I forgot to mention about travel. Mm, um, but based on the difficulty I had getting tickets, travel tickets to Munich last year um, and also to Basel, I never wanted to be caught out like that again. So as soon as Luis scored the second goal in um, Basel, mm. I took the view that we were going to get through and I booked my flights at that point. Yeah. And they were like um, 80 quid from London City to uh, Amsterdam which is very convenient yeah and now there are no tickets left but the sort of um, end of the tickets were going for like three or four hundred quid so yes. it's definitely worth doing it mm. and, and, and what I found out is um, how sophisticated things are now getting that talking to some season ticket holders around me they'd also booked their flights but they'd backed Basel to win at Stamford Bridge at nine to one <laughs> so that in the unfortunate event that we did get knocked out they <laughs> laid on money enough back. money so they've all become hedge fund managers I mean it is just, <laughs> I could never bet against Chelsea but it is getting mm. more you, you've got to be more clever and more sophisticated about it I mean the blokes at EasyJet and British Airways are looking at the fixtures and they're watching online and mm. adjusting their prices as the team attacks Mm. saying oh they're going to score we better put £100 on the price pounds on the and the supporters yeah. are on bet Fred on their phone saying right I'm going to bet against the opposition to cover my airfare just in case it goes up um, no one's actually watching the football as such they're all no. 
Hedgenet. It's all about the in-play. It is. <laughs> it's got, it's got crazy, though. I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah, the, you know, the, the, the whole concept of the betting exchange of betting against each other is, um, you know, it's, it's, it's revolutionised things. And, um, you know, I, I have a, a long story I'll bore you with another time about, you know, how the betting exchange came about. But, um, but yeah, it's... Um, I think that there is actually a flight, and, and I, I looked at it and, and, and got a slightly itchy, itchy trigger finger in terms of do I book this, do I not? There is a flight from Gatwick, which is only I work from home on a Wednesday. It's Gatwick is only sort of fifteen minutes from where I live. Um, half past four in the afternoon from Gatwick, forty quid on EasyJet to Amsterdam because it is is literally the last flight there's any number of other reasons why I I can't do it hey I don't have a ticket so I can get you a ticket I know this bloke in Amsterdam (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah, all the flights all the flights back are still sort of I could get you a ticket though actually I do know someone who's got 39 pound tickets don't tell me that don't tell me that that's true He, he, (laughs) he managed to get a corporate ticket for 250 quid Right. And he'd already bought his £39 ones. And you're, in, you're in big trouble with Mrs Kaiser. He might have a spare. She'll be coming after you with a pair of shears. It's a bit late to text him now, but I can text him in the morning if you want one. No, I, I, I've, I've got to exercise some self-control and, and discipline here that um, it can't be... Listen, you know, ultimately... In, that was in the that. background, Mrs Dyer is coming at him with a kitchen knife. <laughs> Surely there must be a work She's meeting. waving it around. Isn't there some work meeting you need to go to on That's Wednesday it. that you could say? Needs, yeah, it happens to be, um, happens to be in Amsterdam. Um, you could bring I, back um, some tulips. I have to go to the Amstel, Amstel Breweries. Yeah. Amsterdam. Um, yes. So, my prediction, starting 11, Czech, Dave, Ivan, Cahill, Ashley Cole, Luis, Ramirez, um, I suspect possibly Moses, um, Mata, Oscar, Torres. Um, if... If he's not for I, Moses, great minds is, think alike, JD. I, I suspect Moses is the one that 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 is unlikely, and, and if so, I suspect, as we discussed, Ramirez will get shifted out to the right, and Lampard will start next to um, next to Lewis. Um, so, a prediction. I, I, I still think we're going to do. I, you know, I'm always nervous before a final, and always suspect that we probably won't do it. But yeah, two-one Chelsea. Which is probably fatal, but there you go. Um, we should also give um, a quick shout out to the, the youth who are. I'm going to the bridge tomorrow night to see the second leg of the Youth Cup final um, against yes. Norwich. Norwich are 1 0 up. Um, I, we've sold, uh, the last I, I heard, we've sold about 12,000 tickets, which is a cracking turnout for a, a youth game. And um, there's tickets on sale at the bridge up until 4 o'clock tomorrow. So should you happen to be listening at some point during tomorrow before that and want to get there, get your ass up to the bridge. Um, Norwich. I think that's a bit late for the bloke from New Zealand. Yes, <laughs> we got to give him. We got to give him more notice than this. I do, you know, next, give next, a bloke a chance. Next time, I will. I will guarantee at least forty-eight hours notice so he gets, gets himself a chance to get on a plane. Do you um, want me to ring your wife tomorrow? If you give me your home number, I'll ring. <laughs> I will pretend I'm from the Chelsea ticket office, and I'll say, "Can I leave a message for your husband? Is he there? I'll find out that you're not there. I'll, I'll check you're not there, and just say that the game's moved. Can you let him know it's now on Wednesday?" 
<laughs> and it, it's going to have penalties. It'll go very late. You might have to stay over. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll talk to you offline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think um, that probably covers the vast uh, majority of you, everything. You, you, yeah, you, you gave a mention to the uh, to the youth, um, and and to show that we are um, all encompassing here. Anything to do with Chelsea, it's worth mentioning that the uh, Chelsea ladies are back on top spot in the women's Super League. Um, Excellent. Having having beaten Liverpool today, coming back from one nil down. Does that ring any bells, anybody? Yes, yes. beat Liverpool two one, having come from one nil down. Yeah. Marvelous. Yeah. Marvelous. Yeah. Marvelous. There you go. Um, um, I'm so tempted to do a Sir Humphrey dear lady comment there, but um, I don't want to upset our female listener either. No, indeed we've got one. Bloody hell! Oh, I think um, Terry Fisk. She's she's a an avid listener. I think. Oh, good lass. And she's now yeah. just switched off because of <laughs> yes, <laughs> and she she will no doubt tweet me and say you hideous. Appalling every day bastard, yes, but yeah. um, it, it, I, I'm not really like that. I just quite like Sir Humphrey, as <laughs> as as was as was noted in the, the greatest rock and roll film of all time. There's nothing wrong with being sexy, exactly. Um, I think that probably does us, gents. Um, Mark, good luck with your trip to Amsterdam. Sing up for all of us. Um, everyone else who's travelling, enjoy the trip. It's a cracking city, and I've no doubt that um, you will find any number of means of enjoyment before the game. Can I interject JD just briefly before we finish? Um, I believe that this is possibly the last podding shed at which we will sit here as the champions of Europe. You're right. You're right. Now we may come Wednesday be the champions of Europa which is that large continent which encompasses all those strange countries that crop up in things like Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, but it's not really Europe, yeah? <laughs> so <clears throat> I believe that this would be the point at which we play for this season, and it will extend, obviously, into next season, but we'll probably be back of the following season, that we play that old favourite of ours. You know what's coming. <laughs> Fire away. Grace. Brace yourselves. Music maestro, please. Mm. Mm. I, I may have took the brace position prematurely. <laughs> <laughs> Joy Brilliant. has run out. We are out of joy. <laughs> I see. I see. It's done. There you um, go. There you go. Excellent. Um, yeah, so good luck to everyone who's going. Good luck to the youth tomorrow night. Um, I should be cheering you on. Um, we will be at the bridge, obviously, next Sunday for our last, last game of the season against Everton. We will wrap everything up on a podding shed at some point after that. Um, probably take a little break. We are considering introducing new technology. That's nice. all. <laughs> Shut up. Don't give it away. 
<laughs> no spoilers here. Um, Not since your man ran down the patent office with the telephone. Has <laughs> <laughs> it been quite so exciting? Um, but we will, we, we will, we will return, shall we say, um, gents? Thank you as always, and yeah, uh, good I'll night. Safe trip and good night. Thank yeah. you. Good night. Good night. Good night. Take care.